This podcast contains strong language, details of drug use, violence, recounting of traumatic events and themes which listeners may find upsetting. Hi everyone, we're back again with our friends from North Wales Recovery Community. This time we have myself and Ben from the Eternal team and today we had a chat with Tam, Gary and Mike who are all residents at Penryn House. They are all friends of mine and are a part of my recovery journey. They talk about their own journeys in recovery and it's exciting to hear. Hope you enjoy. So I'm here with Tam. Tam, we was in treatment together, weren't yeah. we, for a bit? And now you're in the fabulous Penryn House. I am, yeah. <laughs> How's that going? It's going really well, you know, I'm uh, really enjoying it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a new future for me. It's like a fresh start, isn't it? That's it, completely, yeah. You know, going in open minds and stuff. I never thought I'd end up living in Wales. It's um, the way it's happened. It's, I um, only went there because of a relapse last year. Yeah. And should I just tell you, yeah? Go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, I'd been clean for nearly a year, yeah. And um, I was still on probation and stuff like that. And I ended up relapsing um, and just went straight back to my old ways straight away. And only for the fact I was still on licence from prison and stuff, they, um, I ended up in a women's refuge. Started shoplifting again and stuff like that. And um, it was the police officers that got me the uh, rehab and open minds. And I was made up just to get off that merry-go-round. Yeah. Um, and then I did three months, didn't I, in open minds. Yeah. And I've just sort of gone with the flow, really. How many times, if you don't mind me asking, have you been in, like, treatment or detoxes? Um, I've done one... Four times, yeah. I did two. Like, I did treatment and then the first time five years ago and then opened minds. But because I, I did it differently, I, I did what you've done because we're both Scousers. Like, I went, ended up moving to Wales yeah. and I, there was change, do you know what I mean? I did it differently and I feel like I actually wanted it this time. I want it and that's why it's work because it completely changed my life just like you have. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, something changed for me this time because the last times I've done treatments and stuff like that, I mean, I've used when I've been in treatments. No, well, I was never there for myself. It was, as you know, I've lost my partner to addiction. Yeah. Um, my brother died. I was just there basically because I was a nuisance to my mum and dad. And the other half's gone. And I knew the whole time I was there that I was just doing it for other people um, never wanted to concentrate on myself or nothing but then this time I don't know something was different going to open minds as well um, I see the change in you like yeah. something clicked for you doing the um, doing the assignments and stuff like that as you know I was like oh I'm dyslexic I can't do it I can't do it but once I got stuck into them um, I really enjoyed it and that's why I know now I'm at a point where I need a sponsor and 
I've got to start the step work and stuff because um, I don't ever think it's the only thing that'll work but um, yeah I, I'm enjoying myself now well you're out here you you know you're on this we're on this gorgeous walk together like I'd never have done this yeah look you're independent you know you I've never stood on my own two feet I've always relied on other people of you know I don't even know what I like do you know, like and this is what it's like Penryn House is offering like um, yoga and stuff like that you're trying loads of new things aren't you this is it it's um i was frightened of that at first you know because i didn't know what i like and but people have said you know just try everything and see what you like and that's what i'm doing that's what it's like though isn't it and it's like that with everything even going to new places on your own like i get like anxiety and fear but once i push myself past it and it, it really is dead rewarding. Like, look at us, we're out on a gorgeous day like this. We're sober, we're here together, and it's a bit of fear, anxiety, but it's so rewarding. You feel much better after it, don't you? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's amazing, thanks, Tam. Oh, thank you, love. So, where are we today? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where are we today? <coughs> we're on Paris Mountain. Bit of history. Yeah. Back in the day, the most productive copper mine in the world. But they're thinking about reopening this, aren't they? I was telling Phil about 30 years ago, a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to buy shares in, in this. In this? Yeah, 10p a share. So I thought, no. <laughs> he bought 1,000 shares. Um, Does he I live on the moon now? <laughs> I haven't seen him recently, so I don't know if it came to anything. But he, a friend of mine owns owns a thousand shares in this. Yeah. So uh, they, they reckon there is still copper here. Yeah. Only if you've just found some. Oh, that's modern stuff. <laughs> Not like the good old stuff. Or... No, no. <laughs> I don't know if they want to reopen it because there is a copper shortage, or they want to put houses on it. I can't remember. Exactly. That'd be more like it. Yeah. Some property developer probably wants to develop it. It'd be sad though. It would. Yeah. I mean, apart from the fact you shouldn't go in the water. Well. I mean, no, I mean, it looks clear enough, but it it's probably, you, uh, It's what you can't see that'll get you. As Mark said, you could go in fully clothed and probably come out naked. <laughs> <laughs> so do you um, enjoy these excursions out then? Yeah, yeah. People think I only come along because I'm the only one who can drive the minibus, but that's not... Which I'm sure is partially true for them. Mm. <laughs> well, I think they can think that if they like. It's <laughs> no, not true. No, no. This is... I, I'm born and bred on Anglesey. Okay. I've been up here many times. So this is like your dumping grounds. Yeah, yeah. I wish I'd been around when they were doing the um, hundred mile walk, because I've seen some of the things that they saw doing that walk was just mind-bogglingly mm -hmm. pretty. I like the kind of secluded beaches and stuff. Yeah. I wasn't in Penryn at the time, so I wasn't involved with that. Oh, okay. yeah. I think they're doing it again though. <coughs> I think the next big thing is the raft race for Penryn. What's that? Uh, we're doing a raft race on the Minnow Straits. Is that safe? Um, well, again, as I'm local and lived here all my life, I know uh, I just suggested you'll be leaving the start line at Slack, what they call Slackwater, when the straits are quite safe for about half an hour. Hmm. But half an hour either side of Slackwater, yes. Apparently it's one of the only two or three places in the world 
where the tide runs in both directions at the same time. Oh, that's weird. That's why it's called the Swillies. Um, and all the little whirlpools and eddies and... I'd be quite nervous to do that. Mm, mm. And is, do they have to, is it like a boat raft or do they have to build it? Oh, we're build building it? it ourselves, yeah. Wood and everything, yeah? Uh, well, plastic barrels are the, uh, <laughs> the main ingredient, shall we say. <laughs> plastic barrels and wood or aluminium, yeah. I'm sure health and safety oh, it's, are involved. <laughs> it, it, oh yeah, I hope so. <laughs> no, it's an annual event. So, I had no uh, idea. I don't think there have been any nasty accidents or, or fatalities. Touch wood. Uh, <laughs> Where, um, cut, but however, copper. we have a crowd of alcoholics and drug addicts. What, what could possibly go wrong? Absolutely <laughs> nothing at all. That's <laughs> 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 It should be fun, but I'm, I'm, I'm involved with building the raft, but not actually racing on it. Because um, I'll be driving the minibus, sort of uh, technical support. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee making facilities. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> if you're looking from the outside, looking in at like Penryn or any of these other places, I don't think people would expect to do raft racing as like a part of recovery. Um, <laughs> I suppose not. But uh, what is recovery other than? I mean, if we weren't alcoholics and drug addicts, we probably, very few of us would have got involved anyway. But we want to show the community that recovery is possible mm. from our um, addictions, you know. And where do you see, from your perspective anyway, where do you see kind of the recovery community in five or ten years' time? Well, obviously, I'd, I'd like to think it's still going strong. Um, even after I've, even when I'm sure about my recovery and move on, I'll still keep in touch with Penny House. It has that effect on you. You feel part of it, um, as I do in the rehab I was at um, in Wrexham. I still feel a big part of that, even though I've never been to another rehab. I'd, I'd still maintain that that's the best rehab in the country, without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. And a lot of people think the same. And I hope the people at um, Open Minds hear this, because I, I said it on the day I left, and, I, and I'll, I'll say it again. Uh, best rehab in the country, without a shadow of a doubt. And Penryn House is one of the best places to move on to. Like a good stepping stone. Yeah, before you... Uh, especially like myself, who wasn't quite sure um, about going back out there, shall we say. Yeah. So I chose to go to Penryn House, and it's probably the best move. I've ever made because now I have a bit of time to reconsider another 12 months or so I'll have been at Penryn House for 18 months I'll have I'll reevaluate then am I ready if not I can stay at Penryn House if I choose to that's, a, that's what Mark says like Penryn is quite different to um, kind of the revolving door <clears throat> his words not mine revolving door um, rehabs where mm. people will come in for about three months and then they're spat right back out no not at Penryn stay there as long as you feel you need to yeah. which is the beauty of the place i think i don't know if there are anywhere else like it in the country i don't know but uh talking to my sponsor just recently he said you've been very fortunate you've been probably in one of the best rehabs in the country and now you're in the best place to move on to in probably the best in the country as well yeah so very fortunate very fortunate 
probably explains why there's a lot of um, English people who yeah. come to Penryn, which mm -hmm. you wouldn't think, because it's like on the far westerly point of North Wales, mm. and all of a sudden you've got people from uh, Liverpool, Leicester, all these other places in England. They get shipped off to Penryn, and all the all people have said. Well, most people who go there have said the same thing. This sounds like an advertisement now. Um, <laughs> that it is probably one of the, in at least the top five. Mm places to um move on to yes out of rehab or or, or some uh th this is their first experience of recovery penrin is that their first experience they haven't been to rehab it's just straight from you know well in in the case of one or two from from hospital bed literally uh, having nearly not made it through the night type thing you know that's it that's a good point mark um brought up the fact that they kind of when some people come to Penrid, it's because they either want to, or they have to, because of a court order, or like family and friends kind of I'm not push sure them into that situation. I'm not sure if that's true of Penrin. That's certainly true of, of rehabs. Um, you got. You got uh, I didn't choose to go to a rehab. I had. <laughs> I was sent there from a hospital bed. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was given six, seven weeks to recuperate in hospital. And then told I'm going to rehab, that's it. What was your um, drug of choice? I know it was alcohol, well, but alcohol. Um, what specifically? Oh, um, whiskey. Whiskey? Yeah. Bloody hell. I was drinking up to three bottles a day. Three bottles? Three bottles. Of Is that of the... Um, 70 CL bottles, yeah. And how long ago was that? When was the last time you had a drink? Uh, January the 5th, 21. So I've been... I've been sober for just over 15 months. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. And how do you feel about that then? Now... Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I was always... Even during my... I've been heavy, drinking heavily for many years. But I was always active. Uh, but like I say, two, three years up until January 21, I, it was a case of... Couldn't, wouldn't, didn't want to. <laughs> and now I want to. That was, that's the difference. That seems to be a big difference. Is that, like you said, it's, um, you can get forced into rehabilitation, but if you're not actually ready to do it, then yeah. it's kind of just a time bomb waiting to go off. Strictly speaking, I was forced into it. Um, I'd been thinking about it for a long time, mm. or about getting help. Um, and unfortunately, my hand was forced. <laughs> Having said that, I was um, the night my body gave up. Uh, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Mm. I was in a rehab in Wrexham uh, for a two-week detox. But of course, um, on the way there, you have your what we call our last hurrah, as alcoholics call our last hurrah before we go into <laughs> detox. The final piss-up. Well, my last hurrah was a bottle of scotch in the car in the hour it took to get from Anglesey to, to Wrexham. And my body finally gave up in Haven when, which is, like I say, had it happened 24 hours earlier, I'd have been on my own. I'd have been on my own in my flat and I would have died. And you wouldn't be being bothered by me right now? I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now don't forget to talk to my agent. Uh, he's going to give me loads of hassle. Again, there will be a check in the post. <laughs> I feel like you need a bit of a, a twisted sense of humour to get through recovery in a way. At least you need to kind of be able to laugh at yourself. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, you're not... If you take yourself too seriously in recovery, you, then you shouldn't be in recovery. Um, I think you'll find that most most alcoholics and drug addicts are, are genu uh, naturally witty people anyway. So I mean, you've obviously picked up on all the banter and... All the other stuff. Yeah. If you had a direct, like, contact with Prime Minister or head of a council or something like that, what would you tell them to do to help the situation in Anglesey for people in recovery, people with addiction, mental health, stuff like that? I suppose initially sort it out. Mm. Stop making alcohol so cheap and readily available. Your police aren't doing enough to stop the drug dealers. They know who they are, but for some reason they just won't go and nab them. But unfortunately the situation is there's so much money in it. The, this is now not from the government's perspective, mm. from drug dealers. There's so much money in it, as soon as one drug dealer gets nabbed and put away, there's, there's a queue waiting to take his place. They're the ones they need to be targeting. Is the kids or the youngsters that these people are supplying. Because they're the ones who aspire to be Mr. Big. Mm. They see the in money. The, in the flash BM or the flash Mercedes. Yeah. They think, like, this is the lifestyle I need. Yeah. But from my own perspective as an alcoholic, it was too, too easily available, 24 hours a day. And no matter how much money or how little money you had, it's always affordable. And that's one thing I never knew, up until only a couple of weeks ago, I want to say, is the fact that coming off of um, alcohol after a long time can kill you. Yes. And I had no sodding idea about that. Yeah, well, that's why I nearly died in hospital. They sent me from heaven when with a regimen, with a, with a, um, you know, a, a script, a prescription, mm. biased towards detox. But some, a doctor in his wisdom at the hospital, or consultant type, said, no, no, he used to be on this, this lot of medication. So they stopped my medication uh, with, um, they stopped whatever drugs they were pumping into me and disregarded the fact that I was detoxing, even though I was totally unaware of all this. Um, then the shift, oh good grief. <laughs> <laughs> We've reached a muddy patch. We might just have to go through it or go up. Not too bad. And apparently I've got all this in medical records. Then <laughs> um, there was a, like a, a, another consultant came on the scene again. And he said, no, 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 he doesn't need to be on that. Put him on something else. And uh, as a consequence, I was not responding. Almost flatlined three times. Because they disregarded that I was detoxing. Which was the regimen that Haven Wen had sent me there with. Oh. And then they suddenly realised, oh, he's detoxing. <laughs> so, 
Well, whilst obviously doctors know a lot, you know, no, they're don't. trained and stuff. They don't. They don't know anything about alcoholism. They, like, get, they get five, four or five years in university or whatever. Something like that. Yeah, and uh, apparently they're taught for a, a total of 20 minutes on alcoholism. Really? Yes. Well, what would you tell a, a, doc a doctor then? What would you tell them that they need to do? During their training, ask. Is there really only 20 minutes worth of stuff to know about alcoholism? Can they narrow that down so much? Oh, I don't know. There was an incident recently, um, somebody we know, he was happened to be an A&E, and a alcohol, well, a, a person who was extremely drunk, but of course our friend could see it wasn't just a case of overdone it that night, he was a long-term alcoholic, and he tried to reason with the doctors, let me talk to him, I can talk to him far better than you can, and the doctor gave it the great I am, and... Eventually, they allowed our friend to talk to him, to the alcoholic. Mm. And that was the case. He was a raging alcoholic and was there as a cry for help as much as anything. So, well, I don't know. What was lockdown like in Penryn? I wasn't there. Oh, no, yes, that's mm. right. But apparently it was a very good period because the, the staff and residents really got on, um, there was a marvellous atmosphere there, camaraderie. Yeah. I was in, when it, when it all kicked off, the first lockdown, mm. as it happens, I was in detox. And they kept me there for a month. Which I didn't mind. Mm. I can't imagine have been in, I can't imagine have being in a hospital during the first lockdown. Mm. Must have been kind of kind of scary in a way. Yeah, even though I was in detox for a month, mm. I came out. Yeah, I came out after a month of relapse. On the day I came out. So, Mike, where are we today? You know what? I don't know. All I know is that we're in Wales. Yeah. Um, I can't pronounce it. But we're up somewhere high. Yeah. Somewhere cold. And gorgeous scenery. Yeah, gorgeous scenery. Yeah, picturesque. <sighs> If you had to describe what you could see, what would you say? Mountains. <laughs> a lake? Uh, yeah. Um, are we kind of playing ice by here? Or? I no. think it's just because no. it's, <laughs> it's purely an audio thing. It's just a kind of... Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah. A little on visual. The, so we've got mountains, which have got snow on the tops. Lots of crag. Rock. A couple of lakes. Um, valleys. Yeah, kind of doesn't seem real that we're in Wales. Seems yeah. like we're somewhere else, right? Like the Swiss Alps or something. Yeah, the Swiss it Alps. It does, I do feel like with I like, want to put my skis on. With less snow, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, should have brought it with me. Enjoying it so far? Yeah, I enjoy, I just enjoy getting out anywhere in the outside. Yeah, like, something that I've not done in a long while, so it's uh, every opportunity to get out. Um, yeah, sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes I feel oh, I'll just sit, sit at home <laughs> in the warmth. But so sometimes it's. But once I'm once I'm out, it's like yeah, just so so glad to be out. <laughs> uh, what? As in Caitlin falling over? 
difficult. Yeah. yeah. That never yeah. happens. <laughs> so. So <laughs> camera, you can't see it. Yeah. So it's good to get out and just. I don't know when you like walk. What I find when walking, you kind of like end up mixing in different groups. Sometimes with people that you wouldn't normally mix with. So it's a chance to like chat to people that you wouldn't probably wouldn't chat to if you were just in 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 a house or something together. Yeah. Find out more about other people. Um. Yeah. So. I suppose it's a good way to get people like out and about and involved. Yeah. In yeah, it's good. So I love I love podcasts. I, I listen to quite a lot of podcasts. So it's quite intriguing with what you're doing yeah. here. Um, I don't know, I, I think, yeah. So any, is there any reason why you've got, gone to podcasts instead of like filming and stuff? I feel like it's more intimate. Yeah. I feel like it's a more intimate approach and it's more like a conversation with yeah. friends type of thing. And I guess you have to picture kind of, you kind of have to make up like the, the picture in your head as well, don't you? So it adds a bit more. I don't know, personal touch onto it. Yeah, because that's me and you, we've actually had this discussion about podcasts yeah. and like how you picture what the person, the host saw, like yeah, yeah. The, the, the person looks like, yeah. which I think is quite interesting as And well. also like at the beginning where you were saying like you have to just describe the scenery, it's yeah. like, I guess it makes you more, um, has to be more aware because you're like having to look around, describe, describe the scenery and stuff. Well, it's something we'd never do in addiction, isn't it? No. You take this type of stuff for granted, like, yeah. and like, let's be honest, we would not be doing stuff like this if we weren't sober, oh, no. would we? No, definitely. I was, I wasn't aware of anything, um, really. I was just, just focused on one thing, and that was it. You know, um, didn't appreciate the smaller things in life. And at the end of the day, we're doing the podcast for, as Penryn's kind of motto or kind of subtitles you will is making recovery visible yeah. and this is just another way of doing that yeah. you know i mean you've got all the films you know you do events and all that stuff but tons of people listen to podcasts like yourself you know if you want to just do the kitchen you know clean the kitchen or you're driving somewhere you know it's just another way of learning about it yeah i guess you can listen on the go you know on the train walk in or anything yeah yeah so what brought you to Penryn then? What brought uh, you there? What brought me here? Um, uh, kind of like a number of coincidences really. Um, I ended up back in um, a treatment centre. Um, after quite a long time back out in the madness. Um, and this time, you know, I was desperate. I've been to a treatment centre before, but this time I was desperate. I, you know, I was... Uh, I didn't see any, any, like, any other path for me. Um, so I was ready to like listen, ready and um, to do whatever it took really, because I wanted to stay sober, but um, I just found that I couldn't, even though I wanted to. Um, so yeah, I ended up in a treatment centre and this place, Penryn House, um, kind of really overheard someone else speaking about it. I can't really remember, but um, and it was just something that I jumped at because I'd given up my flat, I had nowhere to live or nowhere to go back to really and um, yeah just jumped just jumped at a chance um, filled a form out attended some some meetings online to connect and uh, yeah I was here within a couple of months How's that been going for you then? Oh, it's great you know yeah it's great it, it helps me because I'm I'm not on my own I can't be on my own um, so 
even like having a purpose as well a purpose um having structure routine um yeah because I'm, I'm i'm very quick to to isolate um, and that's a really dangerous place for me to be so even when i'm not feeling so great i can't i can't not hide away well i could if i really tried but the chances are less than less than um they were if i was on living on my own um so yeah just being in the community being around like-minded people um it's just the benefits are so so great knowing that other people are feeling like me they go through the same things as me they talk like me um and the banter as well just the like the banter is the camaraderie the banter it's incredible you know we just think that people other people looking in or listening will just think we're crazy um but it's kind of like our kind of crazy um it's quite normal for us it's healthy yeah me and mike we were doing treatment yeah. together and um we've both like gone down different paths but we've the main thing is we've both done it differently yeah. to what we've done before we've both been in treatment centers before and you know i feel like the difference this time is we've done it different we've actually there's been change yeah. for both of us and we both stay connected and you know after like seeing each other out of treatment like we've met up a couple of times like you've come down yeah. to wrexham and stuff and i've seen you a few times in penryn and I think, I think that's a really good point as well, because before, you know, I've been in treatment twice before, you know, tried to go through other routes before. And um, last time, the previous two times when I was in treatment, I was in the same treatment centre and I said I would keep in touch with people. Uh, I would say I'd be back to come and visit and stuff. And I never did. You know, I, I was I was I went back and did the same thing I was doing before and, and I didn't stay connected. Um, so I kind of like took that experience this time and like you said I changed I changed what I was doing before and even though it was hard you know at first staying connected um, it works you know and I've got like you know amazing friends now you know it's it's just getting it over that initial fear you know fear of you know not oh, like what if they just said they want to see me again what if they just, we're just saying we're friends but you know we're not really that interested and once you get over that fear and start you know stop listening to my own head you know it actually it's so rewarding you know and I have people to turn to I can have people I can phone up and speak even if I'm feeling like crap you know I, I could speak to them and they'll listen and you know I, I learned from you know like UK you know I was learning I learned from you the other day when you know, your experience with having to let you know someone um, in the fellowship go you know I took because normally before I would just um, what's the word um, ghost people I'd ghost people all the time and that's the one thing I just wanted it to go away but I went I, I took your experience in that process and I did it the right way you know I phoned this person which is something I'd never done before and I said to him you know I acted like a grown-up so having people in my life that you know I can turn to or listen to and learn from is it's it's just so valuable yeah it is an amazing thing because i feel the same way like we we can go to each other for like our problems and like share experiences with each other yeah it's amazing and also you know i'm not going to get the answers i want from people <laughs> you know i'm not going to get the answers i want to to feed myself pity and my misery you know i'm going to get straight answers and I'm gonna get um, 
answers that you know as almost you know start working the solution instead of living in the problem you know that because so many times i've had people who have said what wallens are here but it's just kept me in the problem but listen to people who are going to tell me straight telling me what i need to do tell me where what my part is 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 in it you know tell me what my defects of character are, are in play you know i'm, I'm then going to like act on that and start working in the solution again you know instead of going backwards so yeah thanks yeah. mike you're welcome kate yeah is that oh. like the pre, is that like the prelude to 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 uh, a oh, proper it's, interview. It's <laughs> oh no, I haven't finished with you yet. Oh, all oh, right, okay. No, I'm... <laughs> if you've been affected by any of the topics in this episode, please reach out to a trusted contact or seek a professional for support. So I hope you enjoyed our conversations with our friends at North Wales Recovery Community. We hope this is not the last time we hear from them. We do hope we are invited back for the catch up in the future and hopefully meet some new faces. Join us next week where I'll be speaking to Nick, my scout's brother from another mother, and we talk about how he turns his life around from being a young offender with decades of crime and addiction to helping so many people in recovery. He has personally helped me so much in my journey and I will be eternally grateful. We hope you join us for it.